Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Hello, 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 and welcome back to another episode of the Believe in Lions podcast. That's B-L-E-A-V. I'm your host, as always, Jack Cavanaugh at Javanaugh87. And of course, I am joined once again by a man who has a couple wins with the Lions back in his day and more than a couple interceptions leading the NFL in interceptions. It's all pro safety. Glover Quinn. What's up, man? What is up? What is up? It is NFL game week. It's go time. It's go time, and it's a great time to be back. I am so excited. I can't believe it's already here. Summer went by so, so fast. Oh, yeah. And I remember doing, uh, I remember we did a podcast in the summer, and I was saying, like, hey, man, this is a slow time of the year. Enjoy your summer. Go do something fun because football season will be back. And when it's go time, it's go time. So I hope you guys did something fun. I hope you enjoyed your summer break. Got a little bit of whatever. Got away from the game a little bit and you missed it. And now it's back for a lot of months. So we can be happy and celebrate. It's back. We can be happy. We can speak. We can celebrate and hopefully we can celebrate a win in week one. Something that I'm sure you're familiar with. But what was your favorite week one memory kicking off the season? Is there anything that beats your NFL debut with the Houston Texans or is that kind of the peak? Oh, man. My, you know, my NFL debut was it was crazy. It was fun. We played against the Jets. You know, we was at home. Um, Mark Sanchez was quarterback in and, you know, my role was more so special teams and I was a nickel guy and, um, you know, I would come in the jets at that time, you know, the NFL was different. So they ran a lot of 12 personnel running sets and stuff like that. And so, um, I would come in the game on third downs and it would be like critical situation, right? Trying to get out the field. And I was never a super great cover guy, like man to man corner like that. Um, so I was in there on like Chauncey Stuckey, little quick slot guy. And, uh, you know, he converted a couple of third downs on me, but it was fun. It was a, it was a learning experience. I battled, um, and that was week one and we lost the game. And, um, but it was, it was a great moment for me just to be out there, have my family in the stands and, and, you know, to realize a, a dream come true to be actually playing in a, in a real NFL game. Um, but I will say, you know, I don't know. I mean, that's a great opening day just because. But, you know, my time in Detroit, man, my opening days in Detroit, you know, I think for four out of the six seasons or something like that, I think I opened up day one with an interception. 2013, 14, 15, and maybe 17. So I think four out of the six years I opened up week one with an interception and it was just always great to get off to a good start and to the season. And, um, yeah, man, I remember Monday night against the giants, 2014, that was a great, you know, start of a great year for, for our team. And, you know, to catch an interception against Eli Manning on Monday night football, that was, that was huge. So, um, I always love opening day. That's, that's just fun. And, it's a great time to get off to a great start. 
Bet Online is your number one source for your betting needs. Get the latest odds, lines, and matchup reports for baseball, boxing, golf, and more. Bet Online continues to be the fastest and easiest way to place your wagers, including live betting in your favorite casino and card games available to play right from your phone. So head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and get in on the action. Remember to use promo code BELIEVE for your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. That's B L E A V. Bet online where the game starts. And hopefully these Detroit Lions can get off to a similarly great start like you had. Maybe Chauncey Gardner-Johnson, Kirby Joseph. Someone has to get an interception in honor of Glover Quinn. Start the season off hot. And picking off Patrick Mahomes in game one, that's a pretty big deal. Especially when the Chiefs are six and a half point favorites over the Detroit Lions. They are favored to win by pretty much a touchdown. What do you think about that? Man, that's... You know, I, I, you know, I mean, they're gonna give the Chiefs, you know, that they're Super Bowl champions. Um, they're playing against the Detroit Lions, and you know, for however great, you know, we see the Detroit Lions locally, fan base wise, they still have to garner that respect nationally, and to do that, they got to continue with what they started last year and how they finished last year. Having the hard knocks last year opened up a lot of people's eyes to some things in Detroit. And then the way they finished the season on prime time against Aaron Rodgers to win that game, like I said, no, they didn't make the playoffs. But to finish up the way they finished up last year opened up some eyes on national TV and then to have an offseason, now they come back and get to start the season on national TV. Yeah, the national people are going to pick the Kansas City Chiefs and Patrick Mahomes, and rightfully so, right? They've been they've been consistently good for the last few years, and they you know been in Super Bowls every year, won a couple of them. So rightfully so, they deserve that respect. And so this is the time for the Lions to step up and show that they're ready to compete at that level um, and go out and upset some people, either winning a game or, you know, keeping it close and beating Vegas and the, and the odds makers and all those things. This is the time for them to do that. And, you know, I, I think they, I think they have what it takes. Um, so we just got to go out and do it. I believe you are correct here. I the six and a half points, that is what really hangs me up. I understand picking the Kansas City Chiefs in week one. Obviously, they're the reigning Super Bowl champions. They have the best quarterback in the NFL. It makes sense. But six and a half points almost feels a little bit disrespectful. Granted, it is in Kansas City. Usually, they add three points if you're the home team. Arrowhead, I don't know if they add any more. And speaking of Arrowhead, this is Jared Goff's first journey to Arrowhead. This is the one stadium he hasn't played in is Kansas City. Do you have any thoughts on that? Any advice for Jared Goff heading into Arrowhead or just business as usual? <laughs> I would say just business as usual because even for me, I only played in Arrowhead one time and it was my first ever game. My first Ooh. ever preseason game, 2009, first time ever going on a NFL field. We were playing Kansas City Chiefs week one in the preseason, my rookie year. And um, 
you know, it was a pretty good debut for me in, you know, the couple plays that I had. You know, I ran down on kickoff and blew, blew some stuff up, made tackles on kickoff, just like, you know, played a little corner, going against Dwayne Bowe. Um, back then, you know, the, the the players played a little bit in the preseason. Didn't play much, but they played a little bit. Um, and then, obviously, Kansas City probably wasn't what it was now, but Arrowhead was still nice. It was loud, and it was a preseason game. So, and, you know, they've, they've gained and did a lot more over the years, um, and so it'll be rocking. You know, it's going to be exciting. It's the opening night. They're, they're celebrating a Super Bowl win. So for Jared Goff, he just got to come in and just do what he do. Can't get caught up in being arrowhead. Can't get caught up in any of that stuff. You just got to come in and do what he do, control his team, have his team ready to go, communicate effectively, you know, pre-snap, all those things. Get it, Make sure everybody's on the same page. Make sure the O-line is on the same page for protection. You know, they don't have Chris Jones in the middle uh, this game as of right now. So um, that's, a big, that's a big help. And so if they can protect – and give him some time. I think I think they can light up the Chiefs secondary. And you know, you putting up points, you 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 can you can quieten the crowd a little bit. Yeah, Chris Jones being out, that is probably the biggest storyline heading into this matchup. He's holding out. He forfeited over $2 million in fines through training camp. He's gonna miss over a million dollars in game checks every game that he misses, but he sees it as worth it to achieve his ultimate goal of reaching that ultimate payday. Regardless, I don't think he's playing versus the Lions. It seems very unlikely that he shows up on Monday and says, hey, coach, I'm here to play Thursday. So what do you do? Do you change the game plan? Are you going to emphasize running up the middle more? Are you going to take pressure off the interior uh, offensive line and pass protection? What are you doing to exploit that weakness? Well, I mean, I think for the Lions, you know, I think they've, I mean, this has been, this is not something that just happened, right? This is not an injury that happened three days before the game, you know what I'm saying, when you were game planning for him to be there. Uh, he hasn't been there all spring. He hasn't been there all summer. He hasn't been there all training camp. And, you know, those guys have inside scoops and they know how close people are to getting deals and not getting deals. So I don't even know if they've even prepared for him to even be there. Um, so how they, um, plan to attack them. I don't know. I don't know what they're going to do. I don't, I mean, I'm sure it frees up some blocking scheme things for them far as, you know, double teams or, um, run plays that they could try, you know, it's different when you having to block a premier guy right there in the middle that can disrupt your whole play right there in the middle right that's why Aaron Donald can be so disruptive he's right there over the ball right there in the middle he can disrupt your whole play and so you got to develop blocking schemes to try to slow those guys down and so not having him there I don't know who their who their backup will be but uh he's not Chris Jones and so we'll see how they plan to come out and attack you got to look at the lines of runners um you know Jameer Gibbs I think he's more of a off tackle to outside type of guy, get on the edge, get downhill type of guy. Um, but then you look at Montgomery, he may be more of a right downhill, you know, A and B gap, you know, runner. Um, and so not having Chris Jones in the middle could loom big for Kansas City and, you know, could help Detroit lines out a lot. 
I think it's going to help them out a lot. Any Anytime you don't have to play against a premier playmaker like that, it is to your advantage. Hopefully they can capitalize with a strong offensive line, one that they view as having six starters on the offensive line, still haven't announced who's going to be starting at right guard, whether it's Hal Vitae, whether it's Recram Glasgow, doesn't matter. Either way, the Lions are confident. Are you confident in this offense? And what are your checks what are your points of emphasis for this Detroit Lions offense against Kansas City Chiefs in week one well I think for first of all Jared Goff needs to start off the season the way he finished last year I think he had zero interceptions in the last few games right through 15 16 touchdowns no interceptions down the stretch right so you need to start out that way don't turn the ball over right don't give Patrick Mahomes any more opportunities than he's gonna get anyway right so let's protect the ball offensively you know you got Jameer Gibbs running back he's a rookie played at a high level at at Alabama but this is the NFL let's protect the ball we don't need any fumbles or anything like that right to to give the Chiefs more momentum more energy more possessions um let's protect the quarterback right we don't need um to be getting behind in the downs right we need to stay on track second and six or less third and threes or less we don't need to be getting you know pre-snap penalties and now we're in first and 15s and hold-ins and now we're in first and 20s and second and 15 and third and 12s we don't need a lot of those things let's stay on track you know avoid the pre-snap penalties avoid turning the ball over protecting the quarterback and then, you know, your playmakers got to make some plays. Amon Ross St. Brown got to come alive on third down. Um, Jameer Gibbs got to be the back that we drafted him to be out of the backfield, running the ball and receiving, giving the Lions a lot of versatility and the things that they can do. And everybody else just got to pitch in and play their role. I, like, I, like I've always said, I don't think they have one just surefire superstar outside of, you know, Amon Ross St. Brown, probably the biggest name as a wide receiver. Um, but they've played well as a unit, you know, Khalif Raymond, they added Marvin Jones, you know, the tight ends get in where they can get in. And so I think that'd be the biggest thing spread the ball around, stay ahead in the downs and, and don't hurt yourself. And I think you give yourself a better chance. And that kind of feels like what the Lions offense is going to have to be for at least the first six weeks until Jamison comes back. And, th- and then we can talk about it th- being different then, but until then, I think it's going to be a heavy dose of Amon Ross St. Brown. He's going to have his six, seven, eight, nine receptions. And outside of that, like you said, it's going to be three or four receptions to Marvin Jones, but one of them is going to be in a critical moment. Khalif Raymond's going to have three catches, but one of them is going to be a big play. Stuff like that, where everyone has just a different role in the offense. It's going to be more like a basketball team rather than what you typically see from an offense like the Rams have been historically, where they've got their three guys and that's it. Those three guys just play. Lions are going to have a lot of rotation. But looking at Kansas City, I think they're going to have a lot of rotation at wide receiver as well. Kadarius Toney hasn't played a whole lot in the preseason. He's been dealing with a knee injury. Sky Moore, second-year receiver, he's hoping to break out. Of course, they still have Marquez Valdez-Scantling, the Lions' old foe. So Mahomes is going to be spreading the ball around to those guys. But again, at the end of the day, this is the Patrick Mahomes-Travis Kelsey offense. So as a defensive mind, what are you going to be looking at? How would you stop the stop? How would you attempt to slow down the Kansas City Chiefs and Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey? Well, I mean, I think one thing they're going to try to do, you know, 
you got to have odds on Patrick Mahomes. You, I mean, and Travis Kelsey. You got you got to know where Travis Kelsey is and understand how they're trying to use him. You know, he's not a super downfield tight end, but he's a intermediate killer, right? Crossing routes, corner routes. Um, he just got a great feel for work in the middle, understanding how to get open. Patrick Mahomes waits on him, and he can get him the ball. When you look at their wide receivers, you know, Marquez Valdez-Scantling, you said Kadarius Coney has been dealing with injuries. Sky Moore, still a young guy. I don't, you know, outside of them having the quarterback in Patrick Mahomes, I don't think the Lions will fear their wide receivers like that. Obviously, Valdez Scantling can go up top. And Sky Moore, those guys have ability. Um, with Patrick Mahomes, they can turn into elite wide receivers. Don't get me wrong. Um but I think they really got to stop Travis Kelsey. And and I don't know if they'll come out the game and see, you know, if Tracy Walker can hold up. Because I, I wouldn't be surprised if they go on third down or passing situations, go with some type of dime package or some kind of package and bring Tracy in as a as a safety, a dime to cover Travis Kelsey, right? So that now you can keep, you know, Branch on the slot. You can keep, um, you know, C.J., and and um, Kirby Joseph deep um, and do some different things in, with your two men, with your two high safeties and let um, Tracy see if he can slow down Travis Kelsey. And then you can mix in some double teams here and there and just see how it goes. Right. They I don't know if they approach it as, hey, we're going to make sure we don't get beat over the top. If Travis Kelsey goes for 200 yards, that's fine. Keep everything underneath. But we can't get beat over the top. Right. So we're going to make sure we're not giving up deep balls to Scantling or Sky Moore, big plays. And, you know, if Travis Kelsey has 10 catches for 120 yards, that's fine. Keep him out of the end zone. Let him work underneath. Let's keep battling. Or if they're going to say, hey, we're going to take Travis Kelsey out of the game. We're going to double him from the get go. Make sure he doesn't get going and force Sky Moore and Valdez Scantling to beat us and see if those guys have taken that step to to become those guys. So we'll see early what their plan is. I will hope they mix it up some, you know what I'm saying? Mix it up, show some double teams on Travis Kelsey, but don't double him. You know, let Tracy work one-on-one, you know, show some one-on-one coverage, but then come with a late double and just mix it up. Obviously, Patrick Mahomes is a great quarterback, but you got to get pressure on Patrick Mahomes so he don't have time to just sit there and just pick you apart, right? So Aiden Hutchinson, James Houston, you know, all those guys that's going to be rushing the quarterback, they got to get some pressure on Patrick Mahomes. And that's kind of the issue with it's the issue with all great quarterbacks is you want to have them under pressure because they can pick you apart. But Patrick Mahomes especially is just so different that what he can do both in the structure and out of the structure when he's under pressure and he's escaping the pocket. It's just insane the things he is capable of. That's why Dan Campbell says his preference, the way they're going to attack it, is make Mahomes go backwards, start running away from the line of scrimmage, and never let him turn around when he can throw it, which sounds great on paper, not actually going to be the game plan. But we do love these Dan Campbell quotes because really, what do you do with Patrick Mahomes? He is just that talented both in structure. He can carve you up in the pocket and then he goes out he escapes the pocket and then he hits you downfield mvs 60 yard touchdown right i mean he's a special guy he's a special talent 
Um, he, he can do it all. We don't give him a lot of credit for his running ability because he throws so great out of the pocket. But you've seen time and time again where he can break the pocket and he'll scramble for 15, 20, 30 yards. And a lot of that is because teams don't play him for the scramble. So they don't mind. He don't get a lot of spy coverages, spy things where they got somebody set for Patrick Mahomes, right? Like a Lamar Jackson or even a Josh Allen. You know, guys like that, they're going to get different coverages because, you know, they are a threat to run the ball. Right. Patrick Mahomes don't get a lot of that. So when he do decide to break out and run, there's not a lot of guys underneath to, to tackle him. So he can run 15, 20 yards until somebody even get close to him. So that means your D line has to do a great job of not letting him break the pocket. And he don't mind stepping up in the pocket. But, you know, for the most part, the plays that I can remember from Patrick Mahomes is he wants to break to the outside of the pocket. I don't see him stepping up in the middle of the pocket that much, but he'll break to the outside. And once he get outside now, you know, you, you got to hold on to you, hold on to your seatbelt. <laughs> yeah. Playing against a guy like that in the secondary, it, you it's easy to lose the man that you're covering the man in your zone, which again leads to Travis Kelsey getting open so often over the middle and just plays. You'd never expect him to make. Oh yeah. And you know, they've been playing for so long. They got, you know, uh, great chemistry. You know, when Patrick gets in trouble, he knows exactly where Kelsey's going to be. I mean, I saw a clip in the preseason where Patrick Mahomes broke out to, like, the right side of the field, and Travis Kelsey had ran a route or did something, and he was on the complete opposite side of the field. And Patrick Mahomes breaks out scrambling toward on the right side of the field, and Travis Kelsey is running down the left side of the field, still holding his hands up like, hey, I'm way over here, like, I mean, he got his hands up like he's expecting Patrick to see him and throw the ball all the way back across the field. And it's like that's the chemistry that they have and that the that the belief that they have that, hey, man, Patrick can get me the ball anywhere on the field. He's clearly on the opposite side of the field. He don't even see me over here, but I got my hands up just in case. Why? Because that's Patrick Mahomes and he can make those type of plays. Um, so. You got to just do a great job of keeping your eyes on your luggage. That's what we used to say. Keep your eyes on your luggage. Keep your eyes on your guys. When he breaks the pocket, you can't get caught up in watching him. You got to watch your guys because those guys have scramble rules. Most teams have scramble rules. And, you know, you can study those scramble rules, um, you know, on film. I don't know. Um, I mean, I'm sure they got tape over the last couple of years of, of them. I, I know when we used to play Green Bay. You know, we used to look at their scramble rules, right? The short guys would go deep. The deep guys would come would come back. The guys on the sideline that were short, they'll break off deep, and then they'll stop and make it come back, right? So you see all those guys used to get open. Jordy Nelson, Ronda Cobb, all those guys that play with Green Bay. You know, Aaron Rodgers go to scrambling around. They had scramble rules, and you had to study the rules and understand what's going to happen, right? These guys are short. They're going to go. And then they're going to come back because if you, they take off and you take off thinking, okay, here comes the deep ball. They're going to stop. And then Aaron Rodgers is going to throw and they're going to pick up 25 yards. And so you got to understand what Kansas City's scramble rules are, what they're trying to do, what their players doing, how they'd like to break out when Patrick Mahomes starts to scramble. And you just got to be locked in for four quarters. That sounds like a lot, <laughs> especially you've, 
you practiced it, you played it, you saw it in real life. Aaron Rodgers, his scramble drill, very similar to Patrick Mahomes. And so it's just a lot of studying is what I'm hearing. Just a lot of, hey, this is what we got to do no matter how long, whether it's five, six, seven seconds that Aaron Rodgers, Patrick Mahomes is back there. These are the rules that we got to follow. Yeah, I mean, you get, and you got to know it. You got to know that that's why you study film, right? You have to know what guys are going to do. And, you know, that that leads me to, you know, I was watching some college football this weekend. Obviously, it was a great weekend for college football opening up. And, you know, you see all these talented guys and you see all these talented guys, right? And I was sitting there saying, like, man, why don't all these talented guys in college football, why can't they have long NFL careers? Like, what happened to these guys? Like, what happens to these guys? And the college game is so much different than the NFL game right now. Just watching college football. And I'm sitting there like, and it, this is all honestly. I, like, I'm literally looking at the game in college, and I'm like, man, the field in college looks so much wider than the field in the NFL. Like, do they play on different fields? No, I know they don't play on different fields, but it seems like I don't know if it's just the way they do the hashes because the hashes are different in college than they are in the NFL. But it's like, and then the formations that you can do in college is different than what you can do in the NFL. So it's a lot of differences, but it just looks like there's so much space and you got these teams that are running these spread offenses and these defenders don't really have much of a chance with some of the stuff that they're, that they're doing. And so you get to the NFL and you wonder why can't these guys survive, you know, because the game is different. Everybody's good. The talent is there. The margin of error, margin of error is so small. And it's all about the details. It's all about the finer details. And a lot of these guys go through college surviving really off of athletic ability and being just better or bigger or stronger than all these guys. And they don't really learn the intricacies of the game, right? They don't really learn the intricacies of the game. And so then they struggle when they get to the next level. And so that's why you see guys that come from programs with NFL coaches or with guys that played and they have understanding of the intricacies of the game and they can teach you the intricacies of the game so that your athletic ability can shine brighter. And then those guys transition to the next level and and play well. And so um, it's a it's a different game. And the ones that do it well, they do it well. So studying, you know, scramble patterns and and route concepts and body language and all these different things, that's what make you a great player because you got to get every little advantage that you can get because these guys are really good. They're really freaking good. Even in college, all the way through to the NFL, the talent there is just so supreme. And it's those little bits of edges that separate the great from the good to the guys that don't hack it. And we saw one of the most famous examples has to be Johnny Manziel coming from Texas A&M, goes to the Cleveland Browns and admits, I never studied. I didn't read a single minute of my playbook, didn't watch a single second of film. But then you look at his teammate, Mike Evans, Mike Evans, year after year after year is a thousand yard receiver, just dominates for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. 
And now we come to a crossroads because the Buccaneers have not offered Mike Evans a contract. He is giving them until kickoff week one to reach a new deal. If the deal isn't reached by the time they kick off, then it's done. They'll negotiate after the season or Mike Evans will leave in free agency, which has some Lions fans speculating that Mike Evans could end up coming to Detroit in a trade. But we've heard this all offseason that Lions fans, they wanted an outside X receiver. They were hoping for Corey Davis from the Jets, and then he retired. And now they've shifted their all their attention to Mike Evans. Is this just a pipe dream of a team that is desperate for a big-name player? Is this just hope? I mean, it, it could happen. I mean... I mean, as a as a Lions fan, you would hope that that trade would have happened last week, right? I mean, getting Mike Evans is already Monday. They're playing on Thursday. So getting Mike Evans Tuesday, I mean, may help them during the season, but it doesn't help them against the Kansas City Chiefs. So if they were going to make that trade, I would have hoped they could have made that trade before week one. Um but you know, like anything is possible, and the lines may look at, you know, if Kansas City doesn't get a deal done. I mean, I can't say that if the Tampa Bay Buccaneers doesn't get a deal done, and you know, you're you're sitting there looking at it, and you're like, okay, well, let's see, you know, if they're not going to get a deal done now, he's going to enter free agency or whatever. Tampa Bay may not want to just let him walk for free. So maybe they be willing to trade because, you know, they, you know, Tom Brady era is over. So they're, they're probably going into rebuild right now. I mean, I feel like Baker Mayfield is a part of the rebuilding, you know, he's not the guy that they feel like they're going to win a Super Bowl with. So I think they're going to be, a part of the rebuilding and you know and if, if baker's not getting mike the ball you know mike's you know he's going to be upset and you know he's had all these consecutive years of a thousand yards and you know so he wants to keep that up i'm sure you know he may not ever say it while he's playing but i've been there right you don't got this far and he probably didn't start out with that goal Right. But after you've done it four seasons in a row and then you look up, you've done it seven seasons in a row. Now you're like, hold on. I'm at like 10 seasons in a row with a thousand yards. So then it becomes like, OK. And, you know, when you look at it, over the, I mean. Records like that is really based off of just him being durable because it's not. I mean, at the end of the day, if you play in 16, 17 games. I mean, that's only about 65 yards a game as a wide receiver. It's not like it's 200 yards a game to get 1,000. But the problem is guys get injured. They miss six, seven, eight games. And now you need 150 yards a game to get 1,000 because you didn't play all of them. So that just shows that he's been able to be healthy um, and be there and available for his team all these years and and stay on the field and play at a high level. And so that's something that the Lions will want. They need a big threat where they can get to the end zone and, and throw the ball up and a guy can make a play for them and a guy that they can depend on on the outside. So we'll see, you know, anything is possible. Like I said, I don't think he'll be there for week one. So now then you start looking at, 
kind of how the season goes, start getting around the trade deadline and things like that. If if Tampa's out of the picture already and the lines are primed for a push, they may say, hey, let's let's see if we can bolster a little bit to uh, have them ready for the playoffs once we get there and things like that. So we'll just kind of see how it play out. I think ultimately Mike Evans will end up on another team, but I don't think it's going to be anytime soon. It's going to be one of those closer to the trade deadline. The Buccaneers are going to, they're rebuilding, but I'm sure they're happy if they can win a couple games that start the season strong in a weak NFC South. So I think the ultimate path will be, okay, we were fine. If we won, we're not winning those games. Even with Mike Evans, we may as well just embrace the fact that we're going to stink this year and move on from Mike Evans, get something for him. And at that point, Maybe it is the Detroit Lions, but at that point, Jamison Williams is also going to be back. So how will the offense look then? There are a lot of moving parts, and unfortunately for all those Lions fans, desperate for Mike Evans, I think if it happens, it's going to be a month, two months before it does. Yeah, and and I don't think Jamison Williamson coming back would affect Mike Evans because I feel like Mike Evans is an older guy. I mean, I don't, you know, yeah, he probably would want a lot of money, but. He's an older guy. Jamison Williams only in year two. He's a younger guy. You know, Jamison Williamson won't really be up for a contract for another three, four years. You know, if they pick up a fifth-year option, they, I mean, they don't have to pay him for a while. I mean, I see they're talking with Jared Goff, so they're going to have to give him some money. Um, but outside of that, I mean, Amon will be up in a couple years, and Jameer is he's going to be – he's not getting money for a while, and – I mean, you look at the guys that they got to pay and they're paying. It's like, okay, they may have some money or some assets that they can that they can use. Um, but I think, you know, you have a Mike Evans on one side and a Jamison Williams on the other side. That just opens up stuff for more guys. You know, you can't double team Jamison, so that gives him big play threat. You can't double team Mike, you know, so that gives a threat. Then that, that opens up more things for Amon underneath and then Jameer, like – you can't have enough weapons. And so if they got an opportunity to get Mike and it could work out for him, I, I think they go make a run for it. But also that it. depends on how Marvin Jones is playing. And, you know, if he's playing at a high level, then maybe you don't even need to do that. Yeah, there's there's a lot of ways that could shake out. The Buccaneers could be good enough that they don't want to trade Mike Evans. The Lions offense could be good enough without Jameson Williams and then when Jameson Williams returns that they don't want to give it up there's a lot of pages left in this story before it comes to an end but the first story we have to tell is Kansas City Chiefs versus Detroit Lions any final thoughts any things that you really want to be keeping your eye on for KC versus the Lions or what do you think the final score is going to be if you have a guess well, I think the line that this game is gonna come down to 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 like I said, probably two to three things, right? Defensively for the lines, can they keep Patrick Mahomes in the pocket and not give up big plays? Point blank, period. Can can they avoid the two or three plays, 65 yard drives for touchdowns, right? Giving up big plays over the top will hurt you. You don't want to get into a scoring matchup with Patrick Mahomes, although Jared Goff did win, I think, the last scoring matchup against Patrick Mahomes, although he was with the Rams on an epic Monday night game, I think. I think the, the Rams did win, what, 51-45 or something like that? Something uh, like that. And Jared Goff was the quarterback. So he has outdueled 
Patrick Mahomes. But we don't want to win. We don't we don't want to get in those type of battles. So let's keep the big plays off of us and force them to go the long hard way. Um, second of all, offensively, can't turn the ball over, can't get yourself behind the downs. You gotta stay ahead of the chains, stay ahead, don't turn the ball over, and that that'll give you a chance. So offensively, I'm gonna say keep the big plays off of us. Well, can't defensively keep the plays off of us. Offensively, don't turn the ball over and stay ahead of the chains. And if we do that, I think, you know, it's just, just I mean, I, I don't feel like I can pick against the lines. So I'm going to go the lines win um, 37 to 34. 37 34 for the Detroit Lions. 1-0 and oh to start the season. Cannot wait. Fingers crossed that your prediction comes true. Glover, thank you so much. It's a pleasure, as always, chatting with you. I am so excited for what's to come this season. Any pluggables to plug? Any parting words? Oh, man. Nah, man. Do whatever you got to do, man. This is uh, this is a different year. I even got to figure something out. You know, it's Sunday tickets on YouTube TV right now. So figure out a way to... Uh, Get everything settled and scheduled so you can enjoy um, this opening week of, of football. I mean, Thursday night is going to be a big night, and then you get a couple of days of college football, and then Sunday is going to be a big day. So it's a happy time in America right now. We're, we're getting out of the 100-degree temperatures and here in Houston. So things are things are falling into place. And so – Let's be excited for uh, for the opening of, of NFL season, and uh, to all the all the guys out there, man, stay healthy. Good luck to everybody. Um, hope everybody have a great season, and um, see how it go. That's all from us as we preview the Detroit Lions versus the Kansas City Chiefs in week one. We will be back to recap the matchup after it takes place, after the Lions get the win that Glover Quinn has protected. But until then, we will see you next time peace thank you for listening to believe you can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform check us out at believe.com and search for b-l-e-a-v on youtube